This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Today, the Biden regime floats the idea of a reform at combating the spread of misinformation. The left finally realizes that social media censorship could sway an election. Who would have thunk it? And the Biden administration is blocked from lifting Title 42. We've got all that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, and I've got a full table today, and that makes me one happy lady. We've got chief researcher of the Glenn Beck program, Jason Buttrell, who, of course, as dressed usual. up. As usual. For me. You know it, girl. So well in this <laughs> lovely T-shirt that he has. Uh, that's okay, though. They we've have got sleeves, th- so you're like, yeah, lucky. Th- Yeah, thanks for the sleeves, Jason. Uh, we've got Matt Marsden, Matthew Marsden, uh, actor and producer extraordinaire. And we've got his first time on the program. Really excited to welcome Jeff Leach, who is, of course, Texas House of Representatives, uh, uh, a representative in District 67. Sir, so, it's great to be you. here. Yeah, thank it's you great for to be joining here. us. I'll, next time I'll wear my T-shirt. What are you doing to me, man? Yeah, I know. Sorry. Walk in all dapper. <laughs> and stuff, looking smart. He's yeah. matching me yeah. is what he's right. doing. That's true. That's so. for y'all today. Yeah. We're like just a couple of bones. Yeah. 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 Give me the beer. That's all right. Uh, so, so I want to talk about, look, Twitter has been a very fun place for me uh, personally in the last 24 hours. I don't know if those of you out there who <laughs> are on Twitter, who follow my tweets, you may have seen them. Um, I'm just kind of tweeting all the things, all the things that you weren't supposed to say. And just, just, you know what? I'm a woman of the people, and I'm trying to do it for everyone to see what happens. Just test the waters, because as we were talking about before the program, um, we noticed this very large influx of new followers mm-hmm. for conservatives. The opposite was true for people on the left. At least they were reporting as much. But um, it just seemed like all of these new followers were trickling in. Not sure what's going on there. We mentioned before the program, I want to get to the story about Jen Psaki, but we mentioned before the program, Jason, you were talking about, so what is it? What is it? Is it just they don't have any restrictions on bots anymore, so it's a bunch of bots? Is it, uh, are they, did they change whatever algorithm they were using to try to shadow ban all conservatives because they knew that they were about to pass it over to Elon Musk and they don't want to get found out? Um, what could it possibly be? And I just, I mean, I'm probably approaching maybe 50,000 new followers in less than 24 hours, and I just can't imagine that it's just bots. How many? How many? Almost 50,000, I so think. So I have to one up you. I'm going to have to say I've gained 70,000 followers um, since then. Really? Um, yeah, because chief researchers, head writers get a lot of followers <laughs> on Twitter. I mean, it's <laughs> 300 like, million. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. I see well, how it's so, going. Yeah. It's size doesn't matter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what I've been told. No, <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Um, what's weird, though, about because that is the argument, is, or some people are, well, yeah. not the argument, some people are just offering solutions that maybe just people are starting to run back. But I'm getting tweets that are being retweeted and liked and then follows after from the de- from I think it was the first presidential debate back in 2017. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're just now seeing yeah. these tweets. Mm-hmm. That can't be 
That can't be just people coming back, because no. yeah. you were saying that there was another pretty big actor that was also... Yeah, Mark Hamill was like, I don't know what's happening, but they seem to have lost 8,000 followers. I'm like, welcome to our world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, And it's funny seeing the meltdown, it really is. But the thing that gets me, and I mean, we've spoken about this many times, right? If you are comfortable in the marketplace of ideas, right? If you are, I don't understand. Mm -hmm. And by the way, did you see, um, uh, what's his name? Talcum. What's oh, his name? Sean King. I'm leaving. And then he came back. He's like, I'm not yeah. leaving. But if, if, you are, if you are comfortable, right, with what mm -hmm. you have to say mm -hmm. in your stance, then what is wrong with having, like debate the issues. Let's have a conversation. Mm -hmm. There's right. nobody around here that's gonna be like, oh yeah, we're gonna debate this. We're gonna debate any issues you have. But the, what we're seeing now is they were, they were definitely stifling us, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I don't think, there's not all of a sudden like 50,000 people just went, hey, you know what, I'm gonna get on this and all of a sudden they find you right. immediately. It's just not, I think that there was this algorithm and I think that Elon will come out and he'll say, hey, listen, this is what I found. I think mm. they're panicking right now. What, a, what, a, what yeah. a difference. Like, we want the people that are on their side that are the most extreme. Like, the ones, that, I don't care. If, if, yeah. you, if, you're, um, if you're saying anti-Jewish stuff, I want you to say it as long as it's not violent on a public forum so we know who you are. Yeah. yeah. You know, and uh, we're not trying to shut you down. We're not. That's a big difference between all of it's us. It's one of the big differences between the right and the left today that, that re Republicans increasingly seem to be so comfortable having these tough conversations, including conversations that, that may be risky for us, conversations the right hasn't been willing to entertain, and, and the left seems so... Um, so um, fearful of having those conversations, and which I think makes a really interesting uh, makes it a really interesting time for folks that are in the middle, yeah. even moderate Democrats who who aren't afraid of having those conversations. Do they exist anymore? The, are they still here? They they do, but they don't have a home. That's they true. don't have a place yeah. anymore. Yeah. Political and so, so I think it's it presents a, a really unique opportunity for us as conservatives to talk about what we believe in, but more importantly, why we believe it and why we think our ideas are good for this country, yeah. including the protection of free speech at all costs. Well, certainly. I mean, they, if, if you're talking about these moderate Democrats, these people in the middle, if they are trying to find their home and they're listening to people who are welcoming of their opinion and they're listening to people who like basically just plug their ears mm -hmm. and throw a temper tantrum, if I'm a reasonable adult, I know which, which side I'm going to. Sure. Mm -hmm. so. And if, you know, it's funny, like, and if you're not following... Sarah, please do, because she's been very funny over the past 24 hours. <laughs> very just funny. the past 24 hours? Very well, funny. just generally, but like, you know. The with, kindergarten with the, cop quote was great. But, but <laughs> the, the thing is, is the stuff that you say, I mean, some of it, you know, you are poking the barrel, but, but a lot of the it's times. It's all true. It, well, it is, it all, is true. All, it's true, all true, and it's actually like not extreme at all. Right, right. This is the crazy thing. It's just like saying things that are the news well, that you're true. I actually I no I th that I like that you pointed that out because it is it was kind of sad to me that I'm saying things that are like men can't have periods. Only women can get pregnant and people are like, "Oh my god, I'm people are reaching out to me. You're my hero." I'm like how wild is it that we live in a day and age where I'm not saying anything controversial and somehow people are just like, they're so, they're craving it. Mm -hmm. On that point, on our TV show last week, we aired this thing, it was from three years ago, and it was like a debate between a panel on the Bill Maher show. And it was Dennis Prager was the guy that of course they were all ganging up on. Mm -hmm. But Dennis Prager said, you know, you know, what kind of society are we living in today when you're saying men can menstruate? And he was still trying to make a point, but everything stopped because the entire audience erupted in laughter. And Bill Maher had this, crazy look on his face like you're a nut job no one's saying that and they made fun of him for it mm -hmm. nowadays like what you were tweeting if yeah. you said
said that nowadays, well, a month ago on right. Twitter or a few weeks ago, yeah, you'd probably get banned right. or at least canceled into oblivion. Right. That's how far we've come from then. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. it's incredible. Um, all right, so so to all of these points, I wanna I wanna bring up. The White House, Jen Psaki, the, uh, of course, White House press secretary, the poor man's peppermint patty, Jen Psaki, <laughs> responded to Elon Musk buying Twitter. She kind of floated, you know, there, maybe there should be some reforms to combat misinformation on social media. Here's that. Just a quick one on the, the breaking news, Twitter agreeing to let Elon Musk uh, purchase, make this, go through this purchase. Uh, do you have a response to that? And does the White House have any concern that this new agreement might have President Trump back on the platform? Well, I'm not going to comment on a specific transaction. Uh, what I can tell you as a general matter, no matter who owns or runs uh, Twitter, uh, the president has long been concerned about the power of large social media platforms, uh, what they ha the power they have over our everyday lives, has long argued that tech platforms must be held accountable for the harms they cause. Uh, he has been a strong supporter of fundamental re reforms to achieve that goal, including reforms to Section 230, enacting antitrust reforms, requiring more transparency, mm. and more. And he's encouraged uh, that uh, there's bipartisan interest in Congress. Uh, in terms of what hypothetical policies uh, might uh, happen, I'm just not going to speak to that at this point in time. Mm. Um, Jeff, I want to go to you first, uh, being that you are, of course, a lawmaker. I, it's interesting because I feel like Joe Biden should be a little bit more grateful for the fact that the social media censorship was a big reason why he still had so many supporters uh, crushing anyone who said anything about Hunter Biden and his laptop. And, you know, it's just there's no appreciation. Well, I, I think the quote was um, that, that she's fearful. Maybe the president's fearful of these social media platforms unregulated. What they should be saying is being honest is saying we're fearful of the First Amendment. Yeah. They're fearful of the Constitution. And our, our goal, our fundamental goal as policymakers, as elected officials, is to protect the rights and liberties of the people. The fundamental rights and liberties, the right to freedom of speech, the right to bear arms, the right to life, that's our job is to protect those even when we disagree with the folks who are on the other side saying things we don't necessarily agree with. And what I hear there is the White House saying we don't like we don't like the First Amendment. Mm -hmm. We all know that, but they're saying that publicly from the, the press briefing room at the White House. Yeah. It's pretty shocking. Yeah, uh, not the First Amendment, don't like the Second Amendment. No. I'm not sure they like very many amendments, actually. <laughs> well, they're just terrified about November. I mean, yeah. this is what it's all be. about, right? <laughs> and and be. they should be, because it's gonna be a complete landslide. And, and when you think about it, I mean, what were they saying about, about how much money like Twitter really makes? It's not really, a, a, a fund-driven mm -hmm. thing. Like, mm -hmm. Elon's not... I mean, he will make money because now it's going to go up because more people are going to use it. And all that. But the truth of the matter is, is look how important it is. Look how... And they controlled it for years and years mm -hmm. and years. And I would just step back to when Trump first, you know, came on the scene. They did not expect that. If he hadn't have come mm -hmm. out and if he hadn't used Twitter... I mean, he, he literally jiu them, right, and use their thing against them. And of course, that's why he's gone. Yeah. But this is one of the greatest victories, I think. I mean, look, there's a lot of people that turn around and say, well, we don't know, you know, is, is this transhumanism and all this with Elon. I'm like, just take the win right, right now. Can we right, just right, take right. the win? Can we just yeah. have one of them, the, the, the Bond villains, like, be on our side for well, one? Well, right, and I think that it's, it's important <laughs> well to... Uh, just, draw two distinctions here, right? 
you can take the win and say, you know what, he's kind of a kooky dude. I definitely would not say that he's red-pilled, but he's with us on this issue, right. which is so important. So it, like, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if he is on our side on everything, as long as he believes in the right to exchange these ideas, who cares about the rest? But I do think it's important to make the distinction. Like he, sir, I wouldn't call him a conservative. Like he's the founder of Tesla, so I'm not sure that he's like going to be just voting. Right. Uh, you know, just marking uh, all Republicans straight ticket. We're not asking for a conservative to be in charge of right. these tech companies. Right. We're just we're just asking for someone that believes in the U.S. Constitution yeah. and will operate it as such. I think it's interesting that now they want to talk about Section 230. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, we didn't really hear that top you know topic from them before, right. especially during like New York post censorship and all that stuff. Um, but even still, if they do talk about Section 230, maybe it's my tinfoil hat, but I still get worried about what they have plans for Section 230. Like, in, so in my so you've heard people like Jack Dorsey say they have to have 230, otherwise they won't be able to exist. Mm -hmm. And so anybody mm -hmm. doesn't know what 230 is, it basically gives government protection against other people per, uh, publishing on their platform. Yeah. What, well, what she really should have said is, is here from the White House, our position is that, that we're more focused on issues that really matter. You look at all over the world in the countries where people don't have have the, the right to say what they want, the freedom of speech. They're literally under the threat for their very lives when they speak out. Here in this country, our biggest threat is, is our southern border, our mm -hmm. poorest southern border, our 1,200-mile border with Mexico. That's what we as a White House are concerned about, not whether people can say what they want or not. Yeah. Um, it's, but they're not concerned about that. They're, they're Clearly, not, they don't care about the things that matter to them. Which is the, the reason American November people. is going to be such a bloodbath for the liberal progressives in this country. Their priorities are just out of whack. Yeah. What's crazy is, she, I mean, she's basically hinting at more regulation is what she's hinting at. Right. And I've heard, I think, I think it was last week Obama was meeting at like a misinformation council when he's one of the leaders in misinformation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, pretty much the government, I mean, at the same time, Hillary Clinton, I think it was the exact same day, was trumpeting that, what is that, uh, it's some act they're doing over in Europe. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like a, it's something so that they can <laughs> regulate more. Every I'm American. Ever. You, <laughs> you got the accent, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, there's some act that they just agreed to over in Europe that lets them put more regulation on misinformation. So you see this from both both you know, sides of the Atlantic right now, the government wants to be the gatekeeper for what is or is not misinformation, and that is incredibly dangerous to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, before we go to break, I do want to play this MSNBC host, uh, Ari Melber, who is finally, again, just coming to the realization all of a sudden that an entire political party could be, I don't know, banned from social media, that elections maybe possibly could be swayed from social media censorship and the way that that company is set up. Watch. You own all of Twitter or Facebook or what have you. You don't have to explain yourself. You don't even have to be transparent. You could secretly ban one party's candidate or all of its candidates, all of its nominees, or you could hmm. just secretly turn down the reach of their stuff the and turn States. up the reach That's of something right. else. I don't know. The rest of us might not even find out about it till after the election. No. <laughs> Elon Musk says this is all to help people because what? he is just a free speech philosophically clear, open-minded mm. helper. Well, it's a good thing that hasn't happened yet. Wow. Because as we know, Joe Biden, most popular president ever, 81 million votes, obviously, good thing. We hadn't seen that happen yet. I wanna, so I want to play one more. I know we're going long here, but it's okay, because we got to make fun of Mrs. Potato Head herself, <laughs> Brian Stelter, who uh, he's, he's just wondering, like, this is open Twitter, free speech Twitter is like going to a party with like, you're just free to do whatever you want. Who wants to do something like that much? Look, who knows? I, I think that's, a, a, that's, a, that's a, an example of a broader question for Twitter, which is, if you uh, 
if you get invited to something where there are no rules, where there is total freedom uh, mm-hmm. for, for everybody, do you actually want to go to that party? Or are you going to decide to stay home? And that's a question for Twitter users. Some Twitter users <laughs> might love the idea. There's going to be absolutely no moderation and no <laughs> rules at all. Others might not want to be anywhere near that. Am I, am I crazy, Matt? No, no, you're right. It's <laughs> He's taking his ball and he's going home. <laughs> Who wants to go to a party where you're free to do whatever you want, Jeff? I don't want to go to a party where he's at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at their faces, so though. They're kind of like, what? <laughs> like, like, what are you really? talking like, about? Dude, this is why no one from this company parties with you. You're not invited to the... Uh, <laughs> but it is a, genu- a genuine question. You see that, like, do they have absolutely... No self-awareness at all. No, no, they don't. I mean, or, or, do they have this little thing where, like, they download all the stuff that they do? They, they like, block it out of their mind. Like, oh, no, you know, Trump wasn't, like, banned off the platform. That's gone. Yes, I, I don't think I mean, I don't understand it. it. Really don't. And these are people that are elected, right? Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of the people that are like, rrr, rrr. I don't. I, I have no explanation for it. I mean, is it just... Do they really believe it? Or are they lying? I, I just want to know. I can't believe they're this dumb. It's, I just think they're that stupid. I'm sorry. I just, I do. I do. I, I wish I had a better answer for you. Well, let's, you know what? Let's, I'll reflect and can maybe we, can, come up with something else. Can you circle back yeah. on that one? I'm not going to circle back. Okay. Um, but I am going to thank our sponsor, Moinkbox. So uh, Moinkbox, if you guys, those of you, look, I'm at a table with a bunch of men. Okay. So I'm going to talk mm. for a second about meat. All right, but not just you guys. Stop! Stop! Is it stop. that kind of show? Oh, you are not a biologist. No, I'm talking How dare about Moink. Misgender me. Gives you access to the freshest, most sustainably sourced meat and fish. That's when you drink your water. All while supporting American family farms, uh, you, you are getting quali- you are getting access to the highest quality meat on earth when you join the Moink movement. So Moink brings you grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. Um, it's funny because when I was I was going through all of my tweet stuff and I thought about tweeting like cows are delicious but then I thought well I could probably have tweeted that before so maybe <laughs> I won't but really cows are delicious but moink is a difference that you can taste and you can feel good knowing you're helping family farms stay financially independent as well you can choose the meat that comes in every box you got ribeyes chicken breasts pork chops salmon fillets filet mignon whatever you want you can cancel anytime our house literally lives on Moink. Uh, my son, my, my nine-year-old, is obsessed with their bacon. You got to go there and check it out. It is moinkbox.com slash news. You will get free filet mignon for a year. Do not sleep on this. That is one year of the best filet mignon you will right ever now. taste. He is. Look, <laughs> yeah, Jason's going there right now. Don't miss out. It is moinkbox.com slash news. federal judge said he will temporarily block the Biden administration from ending the Trump era Title 42 policy. This is the policy that expels migrants from the United States border to avoid the spread of COVID-19. This was set to be rescinded on May 23rd. This was a lawsuit brought by 21 Republican-led states, and uh, this was a U.S. District District judge in Louisiana who uh, said that he will grant this temporary restraining order. By the way, just in a cute little twist of events, this uh, particular judge was appointed by former President Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Um, So I want to play, I want to play for you just NBC News reporting on this, uh, 170,000 migrants just waiting on the border. I want to, I want to kind of set the scene with that. Watch. 
For more than two years, many migrants have been denied entry because of Title 42, a public health policy enacted during the pandemic by the Trump administration, which expedited deportations back to Mexico. U.S. officials tell NBC News 170,000 migrants are waiting in Mexico, ready to cross, while the White House slips the Title 42 restriction on May 23rd. So, you know, Matt, you mentioned earlier, do these people, are they listening to what's coming out of their mouth? Are they, do they lack the self-awareness? What is it exactly? Uh, I have the same question here with Jen Psaki, who seems to blame uh, Trump for the, I don't know, trying to invest in a wall that was just never going to work because I guess their solution is working much better. Watch this. You talked about having a humanitarian, um, you know, sort of system in place to deal with people coming across and increase vaccinations and that kind of thing. But in terms of, you know, law enforcement presence at the border. Well, I would just say if we just dial it back a few years to kind of what we inherited here, uh, the former mm. president invested billions of dollars in a border wall that was never going to work or be effective instead of working towards comprehensive immigration reform. As part of the president's proposal, he put forward on his first day in office, he proposed investing in smarter security at the border, something he'd be happy to work uh, with governors on. And, and certainly we're, we're open to having that conversation whenever they're ready to do that. Jeff, I have a feeling you might have a something to it say just, here. It just drives me crazy. We're being invaded, and, and Washington just is, is burying their heads in the sand. And, um, you know, that's why the state of Texas has used our own revenue, billions and billions of dollars of our own state revenue, to do what the federal government is failing to do. And, in fact, the Speaker of the House today, the Texas Speaker of the House, is in Washington handing out receipts um, for, for invoices to the federal government to pay us back. Um, you're double paying for border security right now, mm. federal government and state. It's, it drives me crazy. And, um, you know, the photo ops are great. The congressmen that are coming down here are great. I'm, I'm fine with that. But at the end of the day, there's got to be action. There mm. has to be action. And unfortunately, until we get a new president in the White House and a new Congress, that's not going to happen. Which, again, is another reason I think November is going to be such a bloodbath, because this is an issue that conservatives, I should say Republicans and Democrats, care a lot about is security. Trump won on this. That's I mean, right. if, they, yeah. if the border crisis wouldn't happen at that time, he probably wouldn't even be president at this point. But he was one of the only ones that was actually coming out and saying anything on it. She drives, she drives me crazy when she says, oh, they, they have no you know, comprehensive immigration reform. That's not what they want either. Those are the things that they say yeah. so that they can take the moral high ground on anything. They and don't look care what's about happening it. in South Texas in our border communities right now in terms of the electoral politics. Trump is probably the highest performing Republican down there on the border among um, Hispanic Democrats and mm -hmm. moderate Republicans. I mean, he won a lot of those border communities that Republicans have never won before. Yeah. There's a substantial investment among conservative Republicans down there in the border because those folks, I mean, their communities are being overrun um, overrun by folks who are here illegally, and they're they're voting with their feet. And yeah. can I also say that um, title uh, title forty two? Um, we're doing a show next week on the, on the border and what's happening, some of the consequences, record numbers. I think it was a million, uh, uh, just a million encounters in six months. Yeah. That's just encounters. That's not the ones that they didn't that slip by and they right. didn't get. Right. Which is, I think, a twenty year shattering record. It's absolutely insane. So we could be looking at two million uh, by the end of the fiscal year, which is larger than DFW. Mm -hmm. It's, it's absolutely insane. It's not sustainable. 
Um, but Title 42 is basically, many Calif uh, Border Patrol people, California, many um, Customs Border Patrol people are saying that um, they've already been, are already being told to not, just to, just to not even think about uh, Title 42 when it comes to the triangle, you know, the, was it El Salvador, or mm -hmm. all those over yeah. there. When they come down through, they're just saying, just don't, don't even worry about Title 42. Just go ahead and pretend it doesn't even exist. So mm -hmm. even though the judge said this now, yeah. I want to know what people like Mayorkas and what they are telling their people privately are ordering the Border Patrol to do. Because that's what's going to matter. Because that's what's actually going to matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Matt. I mean, look, it's, I mean, for me personally, it's extremely frustrating because I took every step to come into this country mm -hmm. in the Imagine. right way. You yeah. had to wait in line. And it yeah. drives me crazy. And listen, I'd say I'd do it all over again and again and again the same way. I'm very honored that I've been able to come to this country and become uh, an American citizen. But this just drives me completely crazy. Like, why are we even having the discussion about having to pass a bill to stop them from coming over? It's called a sovereign country that should have a border. And everybody else has. You try and come up into Mexico this, you know, on the southern route, you are not getting in. There's no way they will let you in. It just drives me insane. And that's without, like, people say, oh, it's a humanitarian thing. All you got to do is, we've spoken to Jocko about it multiple times. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are rapes, there are killings. Mm -hmm. There's horrendous things going on there. So they really don't care. And COVID. Mm -hmm. If COVID was the threat that it really was, that they made it out to yeah. be, right? The pand the global pandemic is going to kill everyone. And they're like, hey, just come on. Like not testing anyone, not really shutting it down. Because even if, even the amount of people they're stopping right now, there's still, as you said, millions of people coming across, mm -hmm. right? Just, just take a second and think for the bill of goods that we've been sold for the past two years that have wrecked businesses, that, have, that has done all this damage into, in communities. And they're still letting people across the board. It's just, again, you know, we speak about this a lot, about the hypocrisy of how, how they'll say one thing and do something completely different. And Americans like, hang on a minute, this... This doesn't fit, like it doesn't work. Like what you're saying is a lie and they're getting sicker and sicker and sick of it. And it's gonna to get to a point where it, it has to break. And this isn't even like saying about the border, the, the, the towns around the border, they're desperately unhappy. Yeah. They're afraid of, for their own safety. Yeah. They're not happy. And this is Hispanic communities That's like, right. hey, come and help us out, you yeah. know? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a disaster. To, to, to that point, the, the government on one hand is trying to reinstate the TSA mask mandate. Yeah. On the other hand, they're trying to get rid yeah. of Title 42. Right. Crazy. Yeah. How does that reconcile? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it yeah. makes make no sense. sense. Um, Jeff, I want to ask you, look, I realize that the federal government really hinders Texas's ability to be able to fight all of this off. But can Texas be doing anything more to push back on this? Well, we, we've done a lot, but yes, we can always be doing more, um, whether it's in terms of, of personnel, uh, technology, resources. Our, our National Guard is doing such a, a great job. I mean, the Border Patrol down there, these guys are these guys are in many cases fighting a war down there. And without the support, their life. That, yeah. right? Um, yeah, we lost we lost a National Guardsman this week. I mean, he selflessly <clears throat> jumped into the river to save. Mm -hmm migrants um, and that's that shows you the heart of the people of Texas and the people of this country who are down who ended there. up being criminals that's that, that's right but yeah. I mean those guys they're they're they've got big hearts yep. and, they, and they had they, they lack the support of their federal government so from a state level we're doing everything we can to support them Sarah we can always be doing more um, we're gonna devote billions of dollars to, to finish the wall in cases where it's not finished and, and put technology support our law enforcement to do everything we can to uh, to protect those border communities and to hear the federal government talk about humanitarian aid and compassion 
a, a, a country without borders is not compassionate. That is not mm-hmm. compassionate to either side, to folks who are coming here, to folks who are here um, now. It's a, a strong border is actually compassionate. Yeah. And, and it's unfortunate that the progressive radicals in Washington, including, what's her name? What do you call her? Uh, Strawberry shortcake? Poor, or? poor man's peppermint. <laughs> yeah, poor man's peppermint <laughs> patty, including, including her. They just don't realize it because they haven't been to the border. Yeah. The president has not been to the border. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I think he did Last go time. over the border when he went down and fought in the Spanish-American War. That was a while ago, but I think he was there then. You know well, what? He doesn't remember it, so it doesn't matter. He doesn't remember it. He doesn't remember <laughs> breakfast this morning either. Yeah, though, so. exactly. Uh, all right, we got to take a quick break. We'll be back. <laughs> What's crazy to me is that so Governor Abbott had to meet with. Uh, in a recent interview, FBI head Christopher Ray said that the skyrocketing rate of police murders since 2020 deserves more attention in the press. This was on 60 Minutes uh, over this past weekend. Here's a little bit of that. In 2021, there was a 59% increase in the murders of police officers. 73 officers killed. Violence against law enforcement in this country is one of the biggest phenomenons that I think doesn't get phenomenon. enough yeah, attention. Yeah. Where'd that come from? Last year, officers yeah. were being killed at a rate of almost one every five days. But why are more officers being killed right now? Some of it is tied to the violent crime problem uh, as a whole. But one of the phenomena that we Where's saw that from, uh, in last year is that an alarming percentage of the 73 law enforcement officers killed in the line of duty last year were killed through things like being ambushed uh, Mm. or shot while out on patrol. They were killed because they were police officers. Right. Wearing the badge shouldn't make you a target. Oh, my gosh. Phenomenon. A phenomenon. Jason's head is about to explode, so I'm going to let him. I mean, it's just amazing how they're like, where did this come from? Yeah. This is a, wait, right during the BLM riots. Of course, they don't make that, you know, right. but like right during that time, they were being ambushed while we were telling people to take a kneel, uh, you know, mm-hmm. to kneel down because we needed to defund the police. Why is this happening? Did, did someone make them targets? I wonder. Mm. This is amazing. Uh, yeah, I, I can't say much more on that because I'm going <laughs> to flip the table. <laughs> Yeah. It's a pretty, it's a pretty sturdy table. I'll I don't do know. It. I'll do it. I don't know, <laughs> guys. Matt. The head of the FBI doesn't know. Uh, it's a phenomenon. Uh, get, yeah, the word phenomenon. phenomenon. I mean, that's uh, it's shocking. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know what to say about these people. I mean, is it kind of like what is it, the Peter Principle, where like you know, where you rise? I mean, is he that dumb? Yes. And it's again, not just he, him. It's not just him. I mean, even here in conservative red Texas, we have mayors like the mayor of Austin. Who, who are at war with their police officers. They've indicted, I think just, just a couple weeks ago, uh, 17 to 20 police officers for, for actions taken in the line of duty. That would be reasonable anywhere else. But they're yeah. attacking, they've defunded their police. State had to step in and say, you cannot do this. And uh, so it's not just Washington, it's not just liberals in the Northeast. It's even here in Texas too, which is why we gotta be vigilant and fight back against it. Could you submit a bill to change the name of Austin to Little Los Angeles, <laughs> something like that? It's the, it's the, the blueberry and the tomato soup, as they say. <laughs> the, people, the People's Republic of Austin, it's, uh, it's pretty shocking. And, sad, it's, and Austin's such a great place too that's being yeah, ruined by radical progressives. But, but the yeah. sad thing is, is that what we're not getting is we're not getting honesty from these people. And you understand, like when you look at the head of the FBI, it's the FBI. So he's the figurehead, right? So you want him to be truthful and to come up with answers, like logical answers, like, you know, everyone watches CSI, right? 
<laughs> the bar has been raised now on cops. So why doesn't he just come out and say the truth? And it's because it's a political position. It's not about yeah. being a, you know, they say the top cop. It's politics. He's got, he's got a press. I spoke to my friend Tim Clemente and he told me that, that very, very often the rank and file are great. Like all the agents are great. But as you start going up and up sure. the ranks, it just gets more and more incompetent. Yeah, and it's 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 the mainstream media, even you know, just as bad. Like sixty minutes only just now heard that cops are being ambushed. Right. Mm -hmm. right. This is over a year old. Yeah, they only just now want to discuss it now when they're not in the middle of an election or or, or who else knows what. Mm -hmm. But come on. Well, next week their their special is about the man, the first man on the moon. So. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Have you heard about this? Have you seen this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I want to, okay, I want to throw another story into the mix here. You guys chuckleheads over here. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Republican <It's fun>. Oklahoma <laughs> yeah. Representative Mark Wayne Mullen is introducing legislation that would punish abortionists who perform partial birth abortions with five years to a life sentence in prison without the possibility of parole. This is called the Partial Birth Abortion is Murder Act. Um, I love it because yep. it's like, Absolutely. it's very, I like when the title of the act is exactly like, that's all you need. It's very, very clear. Partial birth abortion is murder and should be treated as such. Abortion is murder and should be treated as such. But so this is apparently uh, unlikely to pass, which I find to be baffling. Mm. Right now, they do have the Partial Birth Abortion Act of 2003. Um, and the the uh, the punishment is far less. So it's you face fines and or imprisonment for up to two years. So he wants to maximize that punishment here. I just find it baffling that in a place like Oklahoma, I'm reading that this is unlikely to pass. It's, uh, look, I'm as pro-life as they come from the womb to the tomb, um, and Texas is really leading the charge. I was the author of the Born Alive Infant Protection Bill in Texas and one of the authors of the Heartbeat Bill this past session, and uh, really proud of what we've done here. In, Thank you in, for that, in, by in, the way. In, in, <laughs> in helping and loving on the women who find themselves in these difficult situations, but going after the abortionists who take advantage of them mm -hmm. and others who coerce them and talk them into these life-altering decisions. And so we've done this in Texas, not only the abortionists, but those in the room who assist the abortion abortionists. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's surprising to me as well that Oklahoma can't get that over the finish yeah. line. Yeah. You'd think they'd be able to. Yeah, golly, Matt. I just think it's great that you use the words to describe what yeah. it really is. Partial I mean, birth I, abortion is murder. It One of my is. pet peeves is pro-choice. I, I, I just, yeah. I have no idea why, we, why, why we're okay with that. Yeah. 100% of people who are pro-choice have been born. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Are, they are here because their mother decided not to have an abortion. Absolutely. It's, it's, it is baffling. But it's part of the left's marketing, which I think is what you're getting at, is yeah. they, they just change it to make it sound a little bit more appealing. But we're talking about murder, is what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I'd say, you know, my stance on this, and, and I'm, I think we're the same. I didn't know you authored that. We're going to have a big hug after yeah. the show, I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, from conception all the way until, you know, until birth and, and then some, that's life. Mm -hmm. Now, Absolutely. this is the reason why they're so iffy on it and they have to change the language on some of these bills, like don't say gay or whatever, you know what I mean? Like completely just change the name of the bill right. so it sounds like something different. But on this, we're talking about life. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to be able to finagle their way around this. They're always gonna sound wishy-washy because at the end of the day, they know that that baby is alive. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what effing stage it is in right. life, right. it's alive. Yeah. And being pro-life is pro-woman too. Since we passed the heartbeat bill, thousands of women, Texas women, 
women have been born. Mm -hmm. Little baby girls have been born in the state of Texas. Mm -hmm. and, and, and for the left to argue as well that we don't care about women's health, look, state of, the state of Texas has done everything I just talked about. We've also increased uh, services for women's health, you know, breast and cervical cancer screenings. We've, we've, um, the Texas Healthy Women's Program has, has just opened up services for women all across this state. Oh, but Planned Parenthood does all Yeah, but, but that's what the left says, and they're so <laughs> wrong about it. Yeah. They're so, so wrong about the, just that they, they're lying to the American people. And uh, we've done a lot of good. Pro-life, the pro-life cause is winning in this country. Mm -hmm. It is winning, and uh, the ball's moving forward. And hopefully the United States Supreme Court will sooner than later repeal Roe v. Wade yes. yeah. and make it a thing of the past. I think that's, yes. I think that's on the horizon. Amen. Mm. And, um, and again, thank you for all of your work on, yes. on that in the state it's of me Texas. Me and a lot of other really great, great folks. Well, we appreciate, we appreciate so, all of thanks. you. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's go ahead and take a break. We'll be right back. So when is that a uh, ruling or that judgment coming? That's soon, right? The Fifth Circuit just today ruled that, um, that one of the key provisions in the bill. The highest criminal court in Texas on uh, Monday ordered a halt to the execution of a Hispanic mother of 14 convicted of killing her two-year-old child more than a decade ago. Uh, this is, of course, Melissa Lucio. And look, we just had a conversation about being pro-life. Um, and we've talked about this before on the show. I think that it is, it's a very interesting um, conversation and debate to have when you're talking about being pro-life and you're talking about the death penalty existing. Um, Jeff, you know, it's funny when we tried to book you on the program, this was not like you have been working on this. This mm -hmm. has been a project of yours trying to draw attention to this case because you say there is enough there that it needs to be relooked at That's and right. we don't need to be killing. Uh, the, what This would be the first Hispanic woman to be executed in Texas. We don't need to be killing her until we make sure that we have, you know, everything is on the up and up and we sure. have uh, overturned anything that we could to make sure that we have the truth here. Um, I want to. I want to let you. I want to let you talk on this. Well, let me. I'll just give you the Raiders Digest version. Yeah, please. You just put it very well. Uh, we we pro life uh, conservatives. We care at, about protecting innocent life mm -hmm. at all costs, from mm -hmm. the womb to the tomb. And um, I have, have historically been a death penalty supporter in the most heinous cases, and I remain a death penalty supporter. But that is contingent upon us ensuring that the folk, that the person who's being executed is actually guilty. Right. And in Miss Lucio's case, um, um, the system failed her at every turn. There are substantial questions about her guilt. Um, half of the original jury is now saying, look, there was stuff left out of the trial. There's new evidence that's come since. If we had it to do all over again, there's no way we would have convicted her. Mm. It's just all these problems of the system failing her. And so I felt it incumbent upon me. And there's a, a vast number of other uh, pro-life, conservative, death penalty supporters who've said, this is not right. We cannot do this. We've got to push the pause button and just ensure a, re, a, a new trial, as you said. That's all we've done. Um, the Court of Criminal Appeals did the right thing. She's going to get her new day in court. Look, in this country, we, we can disagree on issues. We're pretty divided right down the middle, or at least that's what the mainstream media tells us we are. But, but at the end of the day, we should all agree that we need a government we can trust and that is, uh, that is trustworthy and fair and reliable. And the system failed her. The system was broken, but we, we were able to fix it. So yeah. that's why I spoke up. Well, uh, you know, it, it is interesting, too, because I say this often with I'm, I'm obviously I'm a death penalty supporter as well um, in the most heinous cases, as you mentioned. But it, I say the same thing about we were just talking about policing. Right. It's the same thing with police is that I traditionally historically have been a huge supporter of police. But if you are a supporter of police, you have to call out the bad ones. Mm -hmm 
to make sure that the entire policing unit stays good and doesn't rot. And so I just think with all these things, it's just so important that we make sure that we are doing our due diligence before we rush into something like that. Sure. Yeah, well, I mean, the um, it seems like the left's version of at least the police matter has been, you know, if there's a few bad apples, if there's a few certain cases are questionable or if they're bad, then the entire system is systemically broken right, or whatever, right. which I think that's how they see our country in general is systemically broken. Mm -hmm. um, we're not arguing if there is a case, obviously, where you know, a police operates badly or behaves badly, then he should be punished for that. Um, the judicial system is exactly the same. There's multiple cases where you know, we've seen there's corrupt uh, you know, um, uh, district attorneys or, 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 or what have you uh, that have hid, you know, hid you know, um, evidence, have made it go their way. I mean, obviously that's exactly that what happened in this case. That's, that's, exactly what, that's what I've seen in this. So for this one, so I'm, I'm um, also a death penalty supporter in the most heinous cases. Mm -hmm. Um, but on this, for, for the death penalty to be to be used, it's got to be a cut and dry case. It is black and white. Something actually, you know, there is no question whatsoever. Mm -hmm. But in this case, I mean, it looked like they weren't even admiss, ad, ad, admitting newer information as far as like yeah. uh, analyzing like the 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 um, the, uh, the wounds on, yeah, on the child. That's right. I, you know way more than this than I do. I've just read a little bit there about were so it. So many problems. But, so many. But they didn't uh, even look at then, right. or the prosecutors didn't even admit that in right. the very beginning. What are you doing there? I mean, that that's sounds like a clear case that they're like, hey, there's an open case. We want to get it shut, you know, just to make it look good on our, you know, little board here and then move on to the next yeah. one. And not only so the original prosecutor is now actually behind bars serving time for federal corruption and bribery charges. Oh, wow. Um, and, but the, the biggest problem in the case among all of them is she had woefully ineffective assistance of counsel, which is a constitutional right for everybody, no matter what you come from, how you vote. You know what you look like. You are you are a guaranteed effective assistance of counsel, and her attorney, in my opinion, should be disbarred. He's the worst mm -hmm. attorney I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and and so, but but it's good for it's risky for a Republican to speak out against a death penalty case. But as I spoke out more and more, it was amazing how many conservatives and Republicans said, you know what, you're right on this. Yeah. You're right. We cannot stand for this injustice. All we're asking for is to push the pause button. And going back to, you know, the whole Twitter thing, it's okay for us to engage in these conversations even when we might disagree. We should be open-minded. Uh, we know what our values are. We don't compromise our core convictions, but we're going to talk about them and not be afraid to have these difficult conversations. Yeah. Yeah, Matt. Well, I just think that conservatives, religious people on the whole, understand that we have a broken nature. Right. Mm. People have a broken nature. So corruption, we're all susceptible to sin, mm -hmm. corruption, mm -hmm. whatever. So we shouldn't be completely straight on one thing and say, look, this is an absolute. Right. Like you're saying, like, oh, no, we, we have to be completely pro death penalty on everything. And we're not going to analyze it because we should understand that there is corruption. Like you're saying, the left kind of says all cops are bad. Right. There's always corruption. The system's always... It's actually not true. I mean, if you look, the majority of cops that have done things that they shouldn't have done have been brought to trial and they've been convicted for... I mean, yes, go back a few years and that was a different thing, but... The, the amazing thing about the American system is it has a way of rectifying itself mm -hmm. and moving well forward and, and fixing things. Mm. So, you know, we have to take every single thing on its merit, understand that the people are broken, that people make mistakes, and analyze it under that kind of, under that vision, you know, yeah. with, with that kind of lens. And we're seeing it play out right now. It just takes one good guy or a few good guys to stand up and say, hey, listen, this is not right. We need to go back and put it through the system again. And now, it, there are cases where that has slipped by, but 
try and do this in Burkina Faso or mm. try and do this in China. Try and mm. do this. Yeah. There's not a better system. It's not a perfect system, but there's not a better system on this planet well than yeah. what we have here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we have to understand the, the the bigger picture when it comes to sin, brokenness, and and corruption. I think. Right. Mm. Yeah. All very mm. good points. Uh, good. We got to take a quick break. We'll be back. That was good. I look. We. I know we got. We've got about a minute here. I have to ask you while you're here. What can we do about property taxes in Texas? Oh yes. Oh yes. Please. Thank you. Border security and property taxes, without question, are the number one and two issues people are concerned about <sighs> losing sleep over. And, I mean, uh, seriously. No, no. Look, we're taxing people out of their homes, yeah. and it's wrong. And uh, we've got to stop it. And. Uh, uh, look, I'm the guy that led the charge to ban a state income tax in Texas. I would love to ban property taxes as well, and or, or at least substantially lower them. Um, we have to. It's going to be the number one issue next session when we convene. Okay, no doubt well, about good. it. Well, good. Well, I hope for all uh, options some progress. are on the table. Good, yeah. good. I hope for some progress on that. Uh, all right, Jeff, tell everyone where they can find you. Yes, yeah, so uh, jeffleach.com is my website. Leach for Texas on Twitter. I don't have as many Twitter followers as y'all, but um, <laughs> I'm hopeful this show will will help that substantially. I know it will. Thank you for all your work as well. This is great. We need more of this. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. We, we good appreciate you guys it. as well. Will you come back? Absolutely. I know Anytime. you're busy. Anytime. You're very busy, but we'd fun. love to we'd love to have you back. And of course, Matthew Marson. And thanks for the tequila, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Marson, he told on us. Just kidding. Uh, and water. Jason Buttrell, make sure that you are following these gentlemen as well, and we will catch you guys tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.